0: as if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: again to another episode of the pregame podcast for Orange Weekly. I am one of your hosts, Jared, and I'm joined once again by my other host, Matt. Matt, how you doing today?
0: Good, buddy. How you doing? Good,
1: good. Are you excited for this Ravens game? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm super excited. You know, it, it's interesting that we're starting off 2-0, so that's definitely a good thing to go in off of this. We'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, last season we started 4-0, and we saw how that turned out, so let, let's wait a little bit.
0: I have forgotten about that. Yeah, you're right. But 2-0 is a good start. Listen, that's, you know, we're, we're, we're top right now of the, uh, the division, along with Casey. Casey's another story. But uh, I don't know, it's a good start. This Ravens, you know, they, they're going to got to be wary about these, uh, these winning Broncos right now.
1: Oh, absolutely, and and we can't get too excited and too far ahead of ourselves, especially after a big Raiders win, which obviously a lot of Broncos country is, A, excited, and B, I think a little bit confused. I know for a fact that uh, I'm going and getting congratulated at work for the win, and I still don't feel like it really was. There's a a lot of work to be done, especially when a quarterback goes, what was he, 29 for 32 on us. Uh, there's, there's quite a bit of work to do, so... With that being said, we're gonna go ahead and get into the next game, not without bringing you in with the mad fanatic. Hey, Alright, uh-huh. uh-huh. hey, so Another week, another podcast, thanks again for joining us, we really appreciate it, and we know that there's a lot of different options that you have for podcasts, we appreciate that you choose ours. Let's go ahead and get right into it, it's Ravens Week, we're actually heading out to Baltimore, which is, this will be our first road game this year, as well as, it's an early game, so this is our first early game this year as well, so all those put together. Uh, how do you think the team's really preparing for the the early and first away game of the season?
0: I think the way they've always prepared. You know, Joseph's been through this last year. He definitely has his routines. He's got his strategies. Granted, last year was another story. Maybe he's changed up his attitude to keep going this winning culture they're starting to build in in Denver. But uh, you know, I think the leaders on the Broncos are experienced guys. They've they've been on road games before. I'm talking about guys like Von Miller, even Case Keenum. He's he you know he's seen a lot already in his NFL career. So there's I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think they're just going to go in and keep doing what they're doing, and that's just winning.
1: And if you're joining us for the first time here on Orange Weekly, we like to get an in-depth look at not only the players and what to expect this upcoming week, but a lot about the coaches and uh, what we're going to be seeing from them as far as play styles and whatnot. And I will be the first to admit that last week, I was wrong as far as the defensive coverage that we decided to choose mm. uh, against the Raiders, uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's let's start off with some coaching and John Harbaugh, who and and you know as coaches, meant we we definitely look up to this guy and respect him as probably one of the greatest NFL coaches in, in the NFL right now, and, yeah, and right he's got some. Sure. Yeah, he's got some. He's up there, and he's got some statistics with some of the greats. Like, let's see, he ties Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, and Bill Walsh for the third most postseason victories in his first ten seasons. So he's That's definitely someone impressive. to look out for. Yeah, what, what do you, what do you see in Jim Harbaugh when you see him in, in his the last nine and a half years in in Baltimore?
0: <clears throat> well, he's kind of gone like up and down a bit in his career. You know, like ever since winning the Super Bowl, I can't I can't say the Ravens have ever really been the same. Um, they had a different, you know, team, different players back then. They were highlighted by <clears throat> uh, Ray Rice in the backfield. Like that's how long ago this was, uh, when Ray Rice right. was relevant on the football field <laughs> and in the news. And and so you know, they're a different team. I think John Harbaugh he clearly knows how to win, and he stayed consistent at least throughout these years. His last couple of years have been rough. At uh, Joe Flacco, and this whole offense has been uh, pretty porous. But I think that you know Harbaugh, somebody who's always he's kind of like a Mike Tallman He's sees. Uh, Andy Reid you know the, these tenured coaches that they just they stick to their philosophy and they adapt from to year and that's what he's done again this year he's retooled this offense and he you know he's got a lot of respect on his team around the league so he's he's a coach to, to look up to like you said but at the same time to prepare for because he's preparing for you
1: right and, and in the NFL you only have a, a few seasons really to make your point and he's been in, and not only in the NFL but in the same team in in a in a coaching carousel type of NFL that we're in, it's interesting to see that he stayed at the same team for 10 years. I think that's that's something to not only look at, but you know, you have to prepare for that kind of guy because you know that he's doing something right and he is, is a Super Bowl-winning coach, so that's always something you have to mm-hmm. look out for. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and go into the offensive coordinator side of this. So we have uh, Marty Mortenweg. I, I think I'm saying that right. Mortenweg? Morten- <coughs> yeah, Marty Mortenweg. Morning wig, okay. okay, yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah, so uh, he's in his third year as the Ravens' offense coordinator, and and you know, the last couple of years, the Ravens haven't exactly been the dominant team that I think he wants it to be. What what do you what do you see out of Morning Morninghead? Like, do you see him changing anything up from what he's done the last few years? You know, with some maybe some new weapons.
0: No, I think he's going to be a little bit more confident in his offense. Like, granted, he hasn't had much success over the last couple of years, simply because. Nick, give me three Ravens running backs that stood out to you over the last couple of years. Yeah, Rice. exactly. Oh, wait, yeah. I say <laughs> yeah, running back, yeah. like there's, there's like, there's just no weapons on this offense. So I think this year with Crabtree, with uh, Brown, with uh, Snead from from the Saints, there, you know, he's got some some new toys to play with, quote unquote. But I think he's a bit more confident. I think he's going to use his running game a bit more strategically as well. But the thing with Morningwood that I like to I would like to highlight is that in his career, he's coached five quarterbacks that have been to the Pro Bowl. Those guys include Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb, Jeff Garcia, Steve Young, and Brett Favre. So morningwig has been coaching like very successful and very dynamic quarterbacks for his entire career. And so Joe Flacco, he might not be as athletic as literally the other five guys on this list, but he's been a very good passer. Yeah, no,
1: I, I think that... Joe Flacco. I mean, he's been with Joe Flacco now for since 2015, and uh, I mean, Joe Flacco is never a bad quarterback, really. In in uh, at fantasy talk, right? So now we'll talk. We'll talk. You know, obviously, team wise, their defense has been had their ups and downs. Their offense have had their ups and downs. But Joe Flacco has always been kind of like that Phillips Rivers type, right? The teams never seems to do very well, but Joe Flacco always seems to put up some decent numbers. And um, except for maybe the last year. I think last year yeah. he kind of like started on the on his downslide, and I think he, he's still on that downslide. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't retire, um, but you know what? we'll go we'll go forward from there and, and and see what we get out of Joe Flacco coming into this game, and uh, in in their home turf.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, if we're just on Joe Flacco right now, like I think his biggest strength is that you know he's got a can of an arm. He can throw it really far, really fast. Like he, you know, he, he's one of these you know accurate deep passers. So I think that's one of the biggest fears with him, you know, that's, that's why he's kind of scared. So maybe Joe Woods is going to play a bit more of a softer coverage again this week or even Vance Joseph, depending who's, you know, making the calls on this defense uh, to protect against his big arm.
1: Yeah, that actually brings us to a, a very good point in how Joe Woods is going to play against, you know, Money Mortenheimer or whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> morning he, Wig. Uh, morning Wig. That's it. Morning Wig. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, unfortunately, for Broncos country, There was a lot of disappointment in the way our defense played last week, and I think it's because we're so used to seeing that man press coverage and uh, letting our defensive ends and our linebackers attack the quarterback on on passing downs. I think we're going to see a little bit of a different story this week, and it's going to be the same story we saw last week because they're going to play off. I think they're going to play off. They're going to be afraid of that big arm of Joe Flacco because those big arms can make big plays, and it's no longer about... You know how well you play the entire game, but who has more big plays? And I think we're going to try to take that away from them. And I think that's what you're going to see this week. Now, adjustments can be made if something they see something like we did against the Raiders. Obviously, the second half we played much better, both offensively and defensively. But we want to take away the big plays, so that's how they're going to play it. They're not. They're going to give them the short stuff. They're going to give them the easy stuff. They're going to take away those long balls that Joe Flacco has been now infamous for throwing.
0: Mm-hmm. And one thing to point out as well is. You know, they, that's kind of what they used last week. I mean, Derek Carr had two incompletes, and I'm sure those two incompletes weren't necessarily his fault. So, you know, maybe maybe Joe Woods is going to, or Vance Joseph, they're going to turn this around and get more aggressive, you know, because clearly the softness didn't work, right? I mean, granted, they still win the game, but, you know, they may be taking a different approach with Baltimore stuff, especially going to in, into their turf. So, you know, we're going to wait to see what happens. It's just week three, so anything really can happen.
1: Yeah, Vance Joseph was on record when he was, after the game talking about how he took credit, and not credit, but I think fault for the way that our defense was playing. And, and I know I, I was talking to you during the game, and I just felt like the defense was playing very soft. And not soft mm-hmm. as in not hitting hard, but soft as in we're playing off and we're giving them the early, easy stuff. So that's why they end up in like third and twos, which normally should be pretty easy to convert. Lucky for us, we're very good on third down, something that we learned on defense. But we were playing very soft, first and second down. We were playing five yards off, giving him the short stuff, giving him the middle of the field. It was just something that was uncanny as, as a Broncos fan to watch. And it's something that it was it, we weren't used to. And that's why someone like Derek Carr can go 29 for 32 because he's, we're giving up the short stuff. We're giving up the quick passes. And that's also why we didn't get very many sacks on him. We didn't get much pressure on him mm-hmm. because we were we weren't pressing. He could get the ball out of his hands real fast. Anyways, that's more for the pregame, the postgame podcast. If you guys yeah. want to listen to that, Tanner Lee does a really good job. Yeah. But we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Let's go ahead and talk about the but even uh, defensive though, no, coordinator for the Ravens. Okay. Just hold on back
0: on on, on this. If um, I invite everybody who's listening to go on NFL.com. You know, on every uh, game sort of recap, the game center, there's a next-gen uh, button. You click on that and it shows really interesting statistics. And I'm looking at Joe Flacco right now, and it's showing where he's passed the ball on the field in kind of a grid. And Joe Flacco has been passing most of his balls, really, down in the middle of the field, within the 10-yard line. He's got 17 attempts in, like, the middle of, you know, between, like, you know, 5 and 10 yards. That's where he's been passing most of of the ball. So it's right in the middle of that defense. And same with the sides, the flats. So really, like, Joe Woods has to to settle this down. You know, Vance Joseph, they need to find a strategy against this because it will bite them in the butt again. So you know, like right. yeah, it's uh, we talk. It's, it's about the Raiders game. It's very relevant for for to, uh, for this weekend's game too because this is where Joe Flacco has been finding the most success. So they're gonna have to shut that down and enforce the sacks with the good pass rushers we have and force them to throw deep. Because deep so far he's right. only completed two out of six passes past the twenty yard line. You know, and and he Sorry. hasn't even attempted to throw one deep left, right? So.
1: So we're looking more at, like, we're looking at crosses over the middle mostly. Like, they're running a lot of crossing plays, maybe some yeah, tight ends, slants. you know, hitches in the middle, slants. Yeah. Okay, so some slants and some some quick outs. I think that the stuff that gets the ball out of his hands super yeah. fast, which is the way they're going to have to plan against the Broncos' pass rush that is obviously infamously great. So I think that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to stick with what they've been doing, and Joe Woods is going to have to counteract that, and I think to do that and this is obviously opinion based we need to go back to that old defensive mindset of you know our best guy versus your best guy we're going to get in your face and let's do this right man coverage press coverage you know if you beat me off the ball then you beat me off the ball but i'm going to be i'm going to be there to hit you so
0: yeah
1: i don't know, we'll, we'll see how it turns out but i think that's that's the way that i would go about it and i think that's the way that joe woods and uh, coach joseph should so let's go ahead and flip the side of the ball real quick. Let's talk about Don Martindale, who is the defensive coordinator, and in, in Baltimore. Again, outside of the past, I'd say four or five years, is has had a vaunted defense that's always been feared, and it's been slowly fading away over the past few years. Especially in the past couple of years, they've been having some issues. However, they still do have some really top players, especially at that linebacker position, which they always have. So that being said. Don Martindale, who was the Baltimore linebackers coach for the last six years, is now being promoted to defensive coordinator. How do you think that's been playing into effect so far this year for the for the Ravens? And what do you think that's going to see against us this week? Well, it's,
0: it's hard to tell over two games. I think, one, uh, he's inherited a very good defense from last year. Uh, last year, the defense finished, you know, in the top five for a number of categories, and uh, it's a good staff. It's a good defensive culture there, too, so he's walking into a good situation. Plus, he was part, you know, he, he's part of the system of 2017. He was a coach in there, so you can assume that the defense would remain philosophically the same. He might bring his own twist to it, but it's going to be pretty much the same as last year. But this year so far, you know, again, it's hard to tell. They they almost shut out the Bills but I'm pretty sure everybody's going to almost shut out the Bills this year, and then they, they got <laughs> kind of stumped by the Bengals. But well, that was on a Thursday night game on a short week on the road like, against a divisional rival. You know, the Thursday night games, the home team has a huge advantage. So it's it's hard to really tell where um, the defense stands at this point. But I think, like you said, it's all it's, it's all surrounding the linebackers. C.J. Mosley, he's up there with uh, with Luke Kuechly as as you know the best line, inside linebacker in the league. Um, so he's somebody to watch out for. He's leading the team. And otherwise, the defensive line has been together for a number of years, too. I think at least three years, two, three years. And uh, that's, a, that's a big testament to, uh, to how close this group can be. So I think it's, you know, they've got a pretty solid unit, honestly. And, you know, the, the, there's not many big names in the secondary, either. But no, no, you know what? I'm kidding about that. Eric Weddle's a big name. And same with Tony Jefferson. And Tony Jefferson is the leading tackle on the team. Eric Weddle has been around forever. And he's, he's just got a lot of really good experience. So, that you know, there's a pretty good unit here. And I think Case Keenum, is this the biggest defense? Or, sorry, the best defense he's, he's faced so far. So, it could be uh, different circumstances these last couple games for him.
1: I think so. And, and it's unfortunate for Broncos country because I think we're expecting probably some of the same... Success, I guess we wanted we want to see that same success that we saw in the second half of the Oakland game that we saw in the first game from Case Keenum and, and our offense. Uh, however, we're facing a and take this with a grain of salt because again they did play Buffalo first week. They're the second ranked team in total yards allowed per game. They've only allowed 263 yards per game. Now we all know that Cincinnati destroyed them on Thursday night, so I think a lot of that is being offset by the fact that. Buffalo did absolutely nothing against them in week 1. Yeah. However, that is still a pretty interesting stat. I mean, that's a good stat to have. It always is. No matter who you're playing in the NFL, it's still the NFL. I think only allowing 263 yards per game is, is pretty good going into week 3. So, it is nothing to vaunt at. It's nothing to it's nothing to really mm-hmm. like frown at. I think that's something that we need to we need to look out for. Another thing to mention too is that Terrell Terrell Suggs is not having a very great season. Now, and I'm not, you know, as much of research as I should do and probably study some of these games, I'm not seeing how many snaps he's actually getting in, uh, but he's only has two solo tackles on the season. And yeah. that's, that's interesting. That's interesting to see from a once top linebacker in the league.
0: Yeah, he's also 35 years old. So, you know, he's just not, I don't think he's necessarily on the field as much as he used to be, or he doesn't necessarily have that speed, that, you know, that quickness off the ball that he used to have. Um, he's been injured too in the past couple of years. 2015, he was on an iron, Achilles tendon. And then he's been, right. you know what I mean? He's been kind of having some issues like that. Uh, and as age hits, it's just normal. But he's still somebody to be feared and to account for. Um, Garrett Bowles is probably going to be facing him most of the game. Like, this is a young guy playing. it's a very experienced linebacker. And, um, you know, sometimes experience in age, it can be way more valuable than quickness and, and youth. So it's going to be interesting to see oh, yeah. that sort of matchup. But uh, I know that Don Martindale is going to lead a lot on Suggs. He's been coaching Suggs for a while. They, they, they understand each other clearly. Same with C.J. Mosley. And I think uh, these two defenders are going to be really the leaders in this defense.
1: I agree 100, percent. and I think, and just the the veteran status that Terrell Suggs has, and the you know he's probably going to be going end up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame no matter how long he stays in. So yeah. it's just something to it's all he's always someone to keep an eye on on that defense no matter how old he gets. Uh, so so let's flip it a little bit. I I do want to talk a little bit and I, without taking too much of Tanner Lee's thunder here on the on the Broncos side, but I want to give a little props to a few people. And, and, and again, also, you know, preview into what they're going to do against, against the Ravens is um, the first one I want to give a, a props to, a shout out to is Tim Patrick.
0: Mm.
1: So for those of you guys who don't know who this is, this is a rookie coming in. He's a, a San Diego native. He is going, he only, he only played four snaps last week. He played four snaps last week. And he got three targets, two of them catches. And one of them was a touchdown that got called back. And honestly, I don't care who you are. Even, even Mike Peralta was saying that it, that was a touchdown. I'm not sure who saw what in that, in, in that yeah. overturn. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. And it was an amazing catch and amazing you know, getting his feet inbounds. And, and that's someone – we haven't been this excited for a receiving core since we got mm. Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas on the same side. So it's exciting. It's exciting to see, especially with Demarius Thomas playing the way he is. Obviously, he's a leader on that offense. But it's exciting to see guys like Tim Patrick. It's exciting to see guys like Cortland Sutton, Jake Butt. They're all stepping up. They're all stepping up on a team on an offense full of veterans, and they're making their names known, which gives us great excitement going into not only just this year, but you know future years as we start moving on from some of these older guys. So, obviously, hats off to you, Tim Patrick. Now, it's also I, I real quick, and I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about what you think about the guy, Philip Lindsay.
0: Oh yeah, Philip Lindsay. I picked him up on fantasy. Like that's how much I like this guy. I'm pretty picky about my running backs. because I had some good ones. Oh yeah. But Philip Lindsay. You and the other
1: ninety percent of fantasy teams. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I, I was one of the lucky ones, the lucky few that actually picked him up because, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I don't know how teams are going to figure this guy out yet. He's I like the fact that he's from Colorado and he's playing in his this home team. There's a sort of emotional bond there, probably a motivation that not a lot of the other players have. You know, he's living out a childhood dream, which really can get you fired up. Um, so that's a really good advantage for him. But I think he's, you know, his, for his size, his stature, he's really agile. He's really aggressive when he cuts. He's, 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 um, he's assertive, too, in his running. When he makes a cut, he, he makes it 100%. He's not skittish. And uh, I think he's just paying dividends right now, and he's all effort. Um, he's got a great haircut, too, which definitely helps. But, you know, I, <laughs> at the same time, you know, I fear that he's just not, you know, just to be the devil's advocate, not to be negative on him, but is he just going to be another one of these quick, shifty guys until he gets hurt and he fades into, you know, into, into nothing, like nobody remembers him? Or is he going to be that, that star that the Broncos need and want? And I hope he becomes that because, man, he's really talented. He really is,
1: and it's fun to watch him plant and go. And I think yeah. the best part about him is that, obviously, he's had a really good two, two games in the past two games against our last two opponents. And, and he's actually, I think, number three overall rushing leader in the league right now, I think, um, which is crazy to think that an undrafted rookie. And he's, he's up for two awards and, you know, obviously a lot of uh, attentions on him. But I th- what I really like about this... What I really like about this is that we have not only Philip Lindsay, but we have Royce Freeman who's been kind of yeah. getting pushed to the side with all this attention on Philip Lindsay, but Philip Lindsay is a one cut and get through the hole kind of guy. He goes from zero to 60 real fast. He sees the hole and he gets there. Royce Freeman is a patient running back. He can wait for the hole to develop and he can make moves inside the hole to be able to break the break it. Just the last two games, it just happened to be that we were playing against defenses that opened up the hole immediately, and Philip Lindsay got to play that. You know, Royce Freeman was waiting for the hole to develop, and the longer he waited, the more it closed off. But wait till we play those teams that you need that patience. And you're going to see Royce Freeman take off, and Philip Lindsay probably take a second seat. But as Broncos country, we can be happy that we right. have these two guys. And we can just figure out what kind of team we're playing. It's kind of exciting. And I think going forward, I think that's something that everyone's going to have to look at is what kind of defense are we playing? And are we going to be able to play Royce Freeman? Are we going to play Philip Lindsay? And honestly, I don't even think the coaches know because they're doing the same thing. They're letting each one of them get a couple touches and play in the hot hand, which I love and I love in a team. Obviously, fantasy football players. I'm one of them. That's not the greatest thing. You never know who's going to get the ball, but you know it as as a football fan and as a Bronco fan. That's definitely really exciting to see. So, be on the lookout for that, and be on the lookout especially against this Ravens team, which again we don't know too much about the, their run defense because they've only played Mixon right and uh, Buffalo. If they even have a running back at this point, I don't think they have a team. McCoy.
0: No, they have, it, We haven't really seen the Ravens of twenty eighteen. Just based on the fact that they had a, a really one side game against Buffalo, and a just you know a, a bad game against the Bengals. I think the Ravens are much better than what they showed against the Bengals, and I think that um, you know the game against the Bills it was just happy circumstances. It's week. It's, week one of the regular season is like week five of preseason. You know what I mean? It's just this is the first time guys playing together. You can't really judge a team by by that performance. So I think overall this is gonna be the first time. Where we're going to see the the 2018 Ravens against a strong team, and I think it's that's going to make it hard for us to 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 get a glimpse as to what they're going to do, how they're going to play the you know this this upcoming game. But again, based on those running backs, I think the the Baltimore Ravens really do have um, the tools to play against them. Just with Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, these guys working on the defense, you know they're they're going to be able to fill some gaps and cut some edges. And and Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, and Brent Urban, like this defensive line, they've seen a lot so. You know they they know the whole thunder and lightning idea between between running backs. Yeah. They have faced this before, and in their division, I mean they, they play Le'Veon Bell twice a year, you know, and they play uh, they play Mixon and these guys twice a year. And they play well the Browns twice a year, but I mean that's another story. But they play the the Browns just <laughs> Isaiah Crowell and with um, uh, uh, Duke Johnson. You know this guy. These guys are kind of the same combination: small, shifty, good pass yeah. catcher. And you know what I mean. So these guys have seen this before. So. You know, this is the first, I think, real test for the Broncos' offense, too. You know, this isn't necessarily the Raiders' defense, which wasn't the best performance, but I think Baltimore defense is much better. And then against the first game, Seahawks are just you not know, the Seahawks of old. So this is like the first, you know, this is a big test for both teams.
1: Yep, yeah, this is the real test. Uh, a Baltimore Ravens team that's 1-1, one and one, and a Baltimore Ravens team that is historically, they're, they're not quitters, and they have good coaching <laughs> staff. Now, Obviously, we've, we've played Pete Carroll. We've played uh, John Gruden, who's washed up. Anyways, I had to, I had to get a <laughs> stab in there somewhere. I'm sorry, man. Um, <laughs> you know, we we played uh, some good coaches have past, but I think going into this, I think this is your right. I think this is our first real test to see, can we keep it up? And even then, if we do win this game, and okay. I should say when we do win this game, we should still look forward to the next game again and just keep doing it one at a time. I don't want to keep reminding everybody, but we went 4-0 and last year, and... You know, we thought we were on top of the world. We thought we were the, the kings of, of, of the NFL, and then we didn't even make the playoff. So, again, I don't want to br- bring everybody down here, but let's keep looking forward. And Baltimore is that step to kind of show that we're ready to move forward and that we're ready to take on some, some, better, some better competition. And yeah. I think our schedule plays into that very well. So I'm excited Definitely for that.
0: And so uh, just on that note then, who, who do you think is going to be the difference maker then? One player on the Ravens, one player on the Broncos.
1: One player on the Ravens, one player on the Broncos. Let's see who our difference maker is gonna be. Okay. So on the Broncos side, I think our difference maker is gonna be, he's finally gonna check it, step up. I think Bradley Chubb. I Ooh. think we're expecting Bradley Chubb to have a big game this year. This week. I think obviously they're gonna step up and they're gonna play those quick passes if and again I'm gonna I'm gonna caveat this. And again, I feel like I cop out every every week when we do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm going to cop out a little bit and say if we go back to the Broncos' defensive hold that we were talking about earlier in the podcast, where we play that man press coverage, I think Bradley Chubb gets his gets his sacks in today, right? I think he gets. Let's see. does he have? He has a half a sack right now. I think he gets a full sack. I think he gets his first sack in this game against Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's going to going to hold onto the ball a half a second too long, and Bradley Chubb's going to get in. He's going to be the difference maker for this game. And then on the Ravens' side, I, I think I think the big one I want to look out for is a. A receiver. I think we talked about these these quick passes, the quick underneath, the quick outsides. I think Willie Sneed is going to be uh, somebody to look out for. He's a guy that they want to get the ball in his hand. They want to get the ball in his hand in open field so that he can make the plays. And I think that's, that's who we're going to be looking for. Now, let's also remember, and I know we haven't talked to him much, Michael Crabtree is playing for the Ravens this year. And he's out there, um, obviously former Raider. Uh, Obviously, we don't have a keep to leave. We can't be ganking any more chains anymore. But I I do feel like Crabtree still has a little bit of animosity towards the Broncos. And I think he's going to try to play as as well as he can. But I think we'll shut him down. But I think Willie Sneed might have a big game. If he can get over, I'd say, 120, 150 yards this game, it's going to be very, very tough for us to win this game.
0: For Willie Sneed, that'd be a pretty, uh, that'd be a career game, I think.
1: They would but again yeah. he's fast he's shifty he's fast they want to get they want to get him the ball in the open field and get him upfield and i think that's what yeah. they're going to try to do they're going to try to beat us on the outside get the, the same thing that the raiders did they're going to try to give us give him the ball real quick and then try to let him, if we miss a couple tackles it's it's game over and he's he's gone so that's what they're going to try to do
0: yeah no that's good that's awesome um well for me i think that's on baltimore you know, I could talk about how Ronnie Stanley is going to probably play up against the uh, Bradley Chubb. That's going to be a big matchup. He's really good too. But I'm going to take somebody else. And I'm going to take Tony Jefferson. And Tony Jefferson has been a really underrated safety in this league. I used to play for Arizona, and I think he was signed to Baltimore this offseason or last offseason. Last offseason season 2017. And Tony Jefferson is a knockout safety. He's currently the leading tackle for the Ravens. Um, He's got eight solo tackles, which by safety is pretty good. That means he's running around in the open field. And he's got three pass deflections and one pick already this year. So that's you know that's pretty outstanding. He's the best defensive player on this team. Um, oh, sorry, yeah, he's the only tackle on team. And uh, is, for yeah. for the Broncos, hmm, last week I picked Bradley Roby, and uh, this yeah. week this week I'm gonna take Case Keenum. Because Case Keenum has, I believe, a lot to prove still for the Broncos. The first game, he had three touchdowns with three interceptions. Um, the second game, no touchdowns, one interception, I do believe. And, you know, he's, yeah. he, he just wasn't the same, but, yeah, granted, it's early in the season. But this is a chance for Case Keenum to really prove himself to the Broncos fans and to the Broncos team. and, and really, that he's capable of leading the Broncos to the playoffs like he did with the Vikings. The one thing I've noticed with Case Keenum is that he just seems to find a way to win. Like he's just—he's got this sort of char- charisma, this energy about him, this resiliency that just—he he wants to win and he finds a way to do it. And I think you know this really needs to come out, especially on the road. It's the first road game uh, against the Ravens, playing against a really good defense. You know, I think he's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's my guy. He needs to have a really good game. That's exactly what we need. And you're right.
1: I think, right. So, right now, I mean, even if you, and we'll, let's talk about Case Keenum a little bit. I, I, we have a little bit of time here. Let's talk about Case Keenum. He's right now on the season, he has 275 yards in two games, three touchdowns, and four interceptions. He is in the negative one column in the TD to interception ratio, and mm-hmm. we're 2 0. A, that, that says something amazing about our defense. But B, that's not something to be super proud of. I mean, he's 44, he's 59%. He's 59%. Throwing the ball. That's not something that you can really hang your hat on. That's not something that says this guy is going to take us to the playoffs. And I think you're right. I think it starts with this game. This is the game that he shows, Broncos country, that he deserves to be the guy that we paid money and and, and spent all of our time chasing in the offseason.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's going to need to be because opponents have been about 46% completion against the Ravens this year so far. So granted, one of these was Nate Peterman that was throwing the ball, but still, it's, <laughs> you know, this is going to need to come out for, uh, for Case Keenan because it's, um, it's a big game, big test on him. Right. And, and I, I, hate,
1: I, I hate doing this because I don't want to bring anybody down here. Last year... We had Trevor Simeon leading the helm. We went 4-0 in the first four games. And I remember being so excited. And I remember having the same conversation with with Kevdan over on the Facebook Live groups. I remember having this conversation about it. Trevor Simeon was a good quarterback. He was a quarterback that could see the field. And he was a quarterback that could real quick get rid of the ball. But after those four games, it ended up turning out. And we didn't see the signs. What the signs were was that he was throwing interceptions. And he was throwing interceptions in probably some of the worst times. But Mm -hmm. we still won the games because we had that volatile defense. I don't want to see that happen with Case Keenum. I don't think it's going to. I do know that Case Keenum has the ability. A couple differences, and I'll go ahead and throw this out there. A couple differences between Case Keenum and, and Trevor Simeon. Case Keenum can throw a ball on third and 15 and get a first down. Trevor Simeon couldn't. Case Keenum can drive down in the fourth quarter after throwing three interceptions and win us a game. Trevor Simeon couldn't. Case Keenum can throw an interception, come back, and throw a touchdown the very next play. Trevor Siemens. So there's definitely a lot of things to look forward to with Case Keenum, but I do say he, I'm 100% agreeing with you. I know I'm just kind of piggybacking on you here, but Case Keenum needs to have a a huge game, if not this game, the next game. And if he doesn't have a huge game in the next four or five games, there's going to be a lot of questions in Broncos country on what we did and what we're going to go do going forward. And we don't want that. We've had that too often the last couple of years, the quarterback battles and all this other stuff. So we can't have that. But I, I believe I'm still I'm still sp- still a case believer and uh, I'm fully on the case case train and I'm fully on the you know, the Lindsey Freeman train and um excited to see this upcoming game.
0: Yeah, so I think it's yeah, absolutely it's going to be good. This is the first time in a while I've seen some some spark in Denver. So especially their offense. Right, right. And, and again,
1: and, and games that we come we're down in. All of a sudden, we we come out and we act like we're not down and we act like yeah. we're just playing another football game, which yeah. is exciting to see. I think that's, that's pretty cool to see. Um, so real quick after this, I just want to talk about uh, a couple of games and a couple of the podcasts you guys are going to see coming up. We have Kansas City, New York, and then I think, honestly, Kansas City after this game is going to be probably our first true playoff possible team test um and then after that we have the jets who are playing very well right now mm-hmm. and then uh the la the rams, rams. Ooh. The LA Rams. i think honestly i think that's our first i mean they're they're favorited to win the nfc uh by far by far they i mean they they destroyed oakland in week one again we talked about this week one doesn't count anyways yeah they destroyed oakland in week one and we barely squeaked by them with a field goal from Brandon mcmanus which by the way Again, lifesaver. i so glad we don't have some of the other kickers in this league. Neither oh, man. That was a bad
0: weekend for kickers. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. How many, how many kickers many kickers getting fired this last week? Well, I like three of them at least got fired. The I Browns three, kicker, yeah. Gonzalez.
1: Hey, it was bad. Oh, man. He, he was fired before he got off the field. He, he
0: was fired before he took his helmet off. Oh, yeah. He was fired before he went to made the kick. You know what I mean? The, like John Dorsey was sitting up <laughs> there just waiting to sign the papers. Um, but yeah, I know there's <laughs> there's some big games coming up. Ravens big test. Chiefs. I'm very excited to talk about the Chiefs. There's a lot of excitement with their new quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and uh, so it's going to be pretty good. But there's there's going to be some good games coming up. And if the Broncos can keep winning, they, you know they're, they're going to be formidable compo- opponents to a lot of these teams. Because I think Chiefs have might be three and zero by this point as well. So it will be interesting yep. to see who takes over the division. And they play the Chiefs, uh, you know, only like a month later. So it's 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 pretty tight. The schedule is pretty cool this year. So. Very exciting stuff happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to be so much fun. And this season, I can already feel it is going to be a lot of fun. And I hope you guys join us for the ride. I really do because this is going to be one of those seasons. I feel it. It's going to be one of those seasons that we're going to look back on and have, have a lot of fond memories of. So so please keep listening to us uh, and uh, make, sure, make sure you guys are going on. If you guys like what you hear, go on and comment, uh, rate us, uh, send any, you know, well wishes that you possibly can. We really appreciate it. everything you can. We know we do this for fun. My, Matt and myself, we uh, we we like doing this for you guys, and we want to get as much of your feedback as possible. Which, by the way, I do want to mention. I I did bring this up. Um, I posted on our Facebook group after the game what you guys thought we should change and what we what you guys thought we should should look forward to and what we should do coming up. So. So uh, Cody Riffy, I think that's how you pronounce it. Cody Riffy says uh, he says a bunch of stuff, but I'm gonna I'm gonna skip to the important stuff. So O-line has to be suburb in the pass, and Case needs to be more careful in the interception department. I know we mentioned it a little bit more, but how do you think he needs to be that? Uh, what do you, what do you expect for him? He can't play scared, so that's one thing that we have to be careful on. But how do you expect him to to turn this turnover ratio that we talked about earlier in the podcast into a positive?
0: I think it's um, just simply finding the right communication system with the receivers and, and working on timing. You know, this is the first year for, for Keenum to play with both both Thomas and Sanders. And, you know, these two receivers are experienced. They, they've played with a lot of quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like they're not used to yeah. one guy leading the, the charge, right? So I think it's just about experience and getting through the season. And, you know, they're they're getting better. I mean, Demarius Thomas had ugly drops this last weekend, but that's very uncanny right. of him, and I don't think it's going to happen again. You know, two weeks in a row, and um, I think it's just a matter of practice and and, and repetition, and they're going to get on top. at Case Keenum's interception numbers should go down. He's generally a pretty safe guy with the ball, but it's his first time coming in as like the starter. It's his first time coming in as the man, so it's. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just a bit of a different situation. I think it's been a tougher transition than expected, but I, you know, this is not a stat that really worries me right now. I think it's just you know growing pains. That's it. Okay. So next question, Georgia
1: Falcone. First of all, thank you guys so much for commenting on this. We love you know here at Orange Weekly, we love uh, interacting with fans. I think that's that's what we started as, and that's what we're going to continue doing. So, uh, Georgia, thank you so much for your comment. Uh, we need to have better coverage on receivers and more defensive takeaways. And I think, and I'm going to take this one. I think we goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Yeah. yeah, where I, I, it's it's a play calling, it's a system thing, and everyone was super mad at the at the corners, and everyone's worried about our DBs. I don't think it's a DB issue. I really don't. I think it's a play calling issue. I think it's a honestly, and I I hate to say this, but I think we got out coached a little bit from the offensive side to the defensive side until the end of the game, and. Uh, I think, I think what that comes down to is we just need to go back to what we're used to. And, uh, you know, Georgia, thank you for listening. If you listen through the whole podcast, you kind of understand that, you know, we need to get back to that whole man press coverage. It's, it's not so much that we're not playing better. It's that we're playing off because that's what the system's calling for right now. And we got the win, so we can't be too mad. Maybe they have some sort of secret formula. That I don't know. But it would be nice to see them get back to the whole, you know, press coverage, send some rushers and, and get a couple takeaways in the game. So I agree with you, Georgia. Thank you so much. So that is it for us. And and Matt, do you have any final words, any passing words before we end this and look forward to this Ravens game?
0: Well, before we end, uh, who, do think's gonna who do you think is going to win this one? We do you think the score is going to be? Not that we're ever right oh, on a weekly basis, but I mean, it's been, nice to guess. We've been
1: terrible. We've Ooh. been terrible lately. I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get it right uh, on like week nine or something like that. And that'll be my only good one, so...
1: Right, yeah, and then you're gonna brag about it for a whole year. Exactly, call me right? Rain Man. Yeah, so, yeah, Rain Man, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I was definitely wrong. I thought I thought our offense would light up the Oakland defense. Yeah, me we too. didn't do that. So, so I'm gonna go back on that a little bit. I'm gonna pull 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 back the reins a little bit and not say we're gonna score 30 points. I think we'll we'll throw up. Uh, I say 20 23. I think it's gonna be a 23 to 14 game. I think our defense is definitely gonna do a good job of dropping. Stopping Flacco, but I think they might get two big plays, and uh, I don't think they're going to drive on us. I don't think I think their their two scores are going to be on big plays, and we're gonna we're gonna beat them twenty three fourteen.
0: Twenty three fourteen. Okay, okay, not bad. You won't like my pick because so I think the Ravens are going to win twenty four 17 seventeen. I think you know they're on their home turf. I think yes, the Broncos are getting better, but I think the Ravens are getting better as well. And I think they're a little bit pissed off about how they lost against the Bengals. They've had a few extra days to prepare, and I think um, they're going to come back strong against the Broncos. So I'm calling it a close game. It's going to be determined on you know probably the last possession, or it's going to be close in the fourth quarter. I think the Ravens come out
1: 24-17. I didn't realize that our contracts allowed us to go against the Broncos. I, mine does. I don't know what yours says, <laughs> oh, but Oh, you got it written in afterwards. Yeah, is awesome. I, I'll have to I, talk to Kevin about this. You should. So my
0: first clause is free speech. So... Oh,
1: okay. (laughs) Well, thanks again, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, We had a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Go Broncos, as always. No matter what we pick, Matt. Yeah. Uh, Go Broncos. Go Broncos. And uh, we'll take you out once again. Thank you guys again for joining us. We'll take you out with the Mad Fanatic. Always, man.